stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, solitary confinement may soon be a thing of the past in Canadian federal prisons. Uh, legislation tabled in Ottawa today to establish what would be called structured intervention units that would still have inmates uh, housed separately, but allow them access to rehabilitation and other programs. Here's Federal Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale explaining that. The approach that we're taking now is entirely different. Uh, there will be four hours uh, that will be uh, allowed out of the cell per day. Uh, there will be uh, uh, the continuation of interventions and mental health treatments, uh, the appropriate interaction with, uh, uh, with, uh, uh, with staff and with, uh, uh, with others. Elders, for example, could be, uh, could be part of that. Uh, so the, 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 the structure and the theory uh, and the approach of a, of a structured intervention unit, the key word there is intervention. Uh, whereas un- under the other system, it was segregation. Uh, so the, the whole approach has been, has been uh, uh, inverted, if you will. And- okay. Uh, and the question was asked of the minister, well, what about dangerous inmates who need to be kept separate from prison staff, from other inmates? Here's what he said. The powers of separation, the authority to do that, and the physical capacity to do that will continue to exist where that is appropriate to that particular offender to maintain safety and security. Uh, under the, under the, uh, uh, the uh, structured intervention unit, uh, if, you, if you have an inmate that is, that is particularly problematic or difficult or violent, uh, they, they, can be, they can be treated appropriately to protect other inmates, to protect the staff, uh, in some cases to protect themselves. All right. Well, certainly the government has been under pressure to address this. There was a court decision last year, in fact, uh, that called for an end to the practice of long-term solitary confinement. Uh, groups like the BC Civil Liberties Association uh, have been pressing the issue. Joining us for some reaction, Josh Patterson, Executive Director of the BC Civil Liberties Association, bccla.org. Josh, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So what's your initial reaction to, to this legislation? Well, it's... It's clear and it's good to hear that the government uh, feels that they need to uh, make significant changes to solitary confinement. In their words, they say they're getting rid of it. Um, We think a lot will remain to be seen in the details um, as to whether or not what is proposed is meaningfully different for prisoners or whether it replicates uh, a lot of the really horrendous conditions that we've seen over the last 20 years and that gave rise to our victory in court this January, which struck down the existing solitary confinement regime as, as unconstitutional because of the way it, uh, it mistreated and indeed uh, tortured inmates. So um, we're going to have to look at it very closely. And a lot of the, you know, it's a bit of a cliche that the devil will be in the detail. Mm-hmm. Well, let me get your reaction to this. The, um, the statement put out by the Conservative Party and their shadow minister for public safety says in part, quote, solitary confinement is a common and legitimate safety measure many Western countries take to protect guards from dangerous and volatile prisoners. Um, the, 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 there are those who still see a need for solitary confinement. And what, what would you say in response to that? Well, the people who see a need for it don't include experts on correction who, whose evidence was un, 
basically uncontested in our case, that in fact solitary confinement makes things more dangerous. It doesn't actually um, provide uh, inmates in difficulty with the help that they need. Um, it doesn't, in the end, make the institutions safer for staff. The, when you compare to other interventions that they could be doing that would deal with, for example, mental health issues. If you're someone who's, who's striking out at guards because they have a mental health issue, your, your choices can include do something to help them not to do that anymore or lock them in a cage 23 hours a day indefinitely and see what happens. I think most listeners could probably will probably understand that you'll have more more promising outcomes with a route that looks at treatment and dealing with people uh, in a proper way. And so um, uh, we reject, but the courts also reject um, that statement. The evidence was that it, it makes things less safe in the prison. And then those inmates, when they come out, who have suffered so terribly in these awful conditions, uh, I mean, conditions that make people want to take their own lives, that evidence proved uh, was harmful to their health, um, in some cases, you know, the wall smeared with feces and other bodily substances, lights on 24 hours a day, screens all night. That doesn't make for safer folks coming out on release. Well, and we have extreme cases. In fact, um, the story today that Paul Bernardo, maybe the most notorious um, prison inmate in Canada, he's going for a parole hearing tomorrow, but um, it was reported that, that uh, during his 25 years in prison, he's largely been been held uh alone, essentially, in solitary confinement. Yeah, and this is something that the government often says. Well, we have to do this to protect inmates from other inmates, mm-hmm. um, particularly ones who, whose crimes are so egregious that they would be at risk from other inmates. Um, our answer to that is solitary confinement has been proven in our courts to be something that harms people, that indeed uh, the United Nations has recognized that prolonged solitary confinement it's a form of torture. So our answer then is, if torture is the best way that you have to protect inmates from other inmates, you've got to find a different system. You have to figure out a different way of doing it. Of course, the prisons have, an, have a duty to protect everyone, Paul Bernardo and everyone else, from being injured by other inmates or killed by other inmates. Right. They need to find a different way of doing it. But in, and you heard the minister's answer when he was asked about potentially dangerous inmates. And and sure, in in the long run, it's it's preferable for everybody to address those issues. But in the short term, uh, given the threat that's posed, are there circumstances that that someone could be separated from the other inmates for for well, that reason? Well, sure, there are. But our our legal challenge wasn't about the the, the very short term emergency use. The facts are that the federal government had been holding people for months, days, and years in solitary confinement. Years. Mm-hmm. And for mere misbehaviors, not even saying they weren't even being punished. They weren't, their behavior wasn't necessarily serious enough to merit discipline. They would just be put there as an, as an administrative convenience because the prison had no other way to manage them. So all of the arguments about oh, well, when someone's really dangerous, they're about to strike someone else, can we put them in there for a little bit until we get get things sorted out, really is beside the point. What this practice is about is about keeping people for months and years in, in these kinds of settings, and that is unacceptable. And, of course, always prisons are going to have to have ways of dealing with extreme situations in the moment. 
um, and that might include isolating someone for short periods of time. But once that short period of time is over, they've got to figure out what they're going to do. And holding someone for months and years cannot be on the on the menu in terms of their options. Right. Well, what constitutes uh, a short period of time? Well, the court in the BC case said that uh, the international standard of 15 days was what they called um, a defensible standard and a generous one to the government. Um, the court found that even at 15 days, there's evidence that people are already being psychologically harmed uh, in as few as two days kept in those circumstances. Um, I know that I would, would not be feeling great after one or two days kept in such a situation. But the court said that 15 days was uh, the cap um, um, and uh, that's also what the international standard is. Well, we talk about solitary confinement, and you know, we, we have these movies that create this perception in our head where you know inmates are thrown in the hole, and it's you know a, a dark cell where there's there's no light, there's nothing, they don't see anybody. That's kind of the extreme version. But in practice, in Canadian prisons, what does solitary confinement look like, and and what is it that inmates are denied access to? Is it simply just the social surroundings of of other inmates? Well, it may not be in a dark hole, but there are there was evidence in our case that. Many of the um, of the cells have inadequate access to natural light, or on the other hand, have artificial light that is kept on around the clock in some cases, so that people can't sleep. Um, the The norm is for people to be held between 22 and 23 hours per day without meaningful human contact. Um, we heard stories in trial of. Uh, when a, a First Nations elder came around to do counseling, um, he had to do it through the meal slot, kneeling on the each of them kneeling on either side of the door, um, not even being allowed to go sit at a table together. Um, we've heard many situations where um, the inmates don't even take the one hour that they get outside their cell because they're given an option in some cases of standing outside in a fenced-in cube. Um, in the middle of the winter on the prairies or in Quebec uh, in Ontario where it's freezing. Um, uh, and, of course, there are stories of self-harm. The, there's evidence of the increased um, incidence of suicide and self-harm, of psychological harm, physical harm to the inmates um, who are held there. So th- this is not... Um, when you say, well, we've heard these extreme cases... The practice itself, based on the evidence that the court uh, viewed, is an extreme practice. Um, It starts as extreme, and it continues to be extreme. And that's why it should only be used in the most limited possible circumstances, like the ones you were outlining before, Uh, uh, but not definitely not used as a long-term or medium or even a medium to short-term solution um, for prisoners. Well, as you say, um, I need now to to go through and review this legislation more uh, um, on the background uh, on your work on on this uh, this issue at bccla.org. Josh, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.